0: Somebody once told me his name is John Cena.
1: Do you know the way?
0: <laughs> it's over nine
1: thousand. It's a double rainbow all the
0: way. God, he bit me. Damn. Um, Daniel. Hello there. General Knoebel. Oh, my God. Hey, you. i finally awake. So, has your kids, has your wife. I'm a fire in
1: the Super hot fire.
0: I spit
1: that. Ah!
0: So, just do it!
1: Hello, and welcome to the 2020 edition of the Year in Memes podcast, an annual, limited run podcast series unwrapping the year that was through the lens of the memes we shared and exploring what those memes say about us, our world, and what's important to us. My name is Paul Bautista, a millennial podcaster from New York City who spends way too much time thinking about this sort of thing, and I'll be your guide for this series. Also, a quick heads up, this episode does contain some explicit language. I'll also be uploading a version of this podcast to YouTube with the memes described displayed on screen to better follow along. A link to that will be in the show notes. And of course, to make sure I don't lose my mind talking about politics on today's episode, I invited one of the most level-headed friends I have, Varsal Patel, to join me. Varshal why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone?
0: <laughs> level-headed. I, I don't get that that often, so I, I appreciate that. I'm Varsal. I'm one of Paulo's close friends. So I live, I live in New York City. I currently work on my own startup called Therapy Notebooks. Uh, we make guided journals that help people learn and practice different quote-unquote evidence-based mental health tools. Paolo and I met in college and we've been good friends since so thanks for having me Paula. Of
1: course and of course you know this is the meme podcast of Varsal. I know you, you said you're not one much for memeing but do you have a favorite meme of all time?
0: Do I have a favorite meme of all time? That's a good question. I guess it gets into at some point it'll get into how we define memes. There's this meme that I literally came across the other day. It's related to this. It's actually related to I guess what we're talking about. It's, it's, a, it's kind of related to politics and the economy. So it's... It's this meme, and I guess for those who are listening, it's like it's like a bunch of people trying to force enter um, into <laughs> into an apartment, and it says like it's like four people, and they're all like, are they're economic compl- collapse, new strain of the covid covid uh, of covid nineteen, foreign cyber hackers to stretch ce funds. The door is the USA, and the thing holding the door open is a Cheeto that says six hundred dollars, aka the, the the new stimulus. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh yes, I, I definitely put together my note for this episode before all the six hundred dollars stimulus memes.
0: Yeah, there's so many of them um, that are hilarious. It's not my favorite meme of all time, but it, I, I I mostly get my memes through Instagram. So I saw this I saw this today. That was funny.
1: All right. So, yeah, that, that that kind of leads in well, right? So, you know, where do you spend most of your time online? And then how do, would you describe what a meme is in, in your mind, right? It doesn't have to be like an actual definition. Just like when someone, when I say, hey, Varsal, you want to talk about memes on this podcast? What came to mind when I asked you that?
0: When you say, when people say memes, what I mostly think of are are memes on on instagram and TikTok? so like specifically someone taking some like pattern of something right and then and then filling it in with different content so it becomes almost like a in my mind a meme is basically a a really efficient form of communication right like you can take a pattern that people recognize and can pattern match pretty easily and then fill it in with other details and then therefore convey a pretty complicated message in a very short amount of time I think what's interesting, I don't know Paula, what you think, but like, I think the other thing if you think about, it, and like if I've read very little about memes, but like meme theory would argue that like most of the things that we use um, in language are memes, right? Like language itself is a meme. But when you say memes to me on a podcast, I mostly am thinking about, about these like super efficient forms of communicating generally funny things on TikTok and, and Instagram.
1: Right. Here, funny things. Maybe maybe it might be dark humor. Maybe it might be actual humor. But, uh, you know, one, one, and that kind of leads to the question of like, where does this kind of common language of, you know, like this particular image template that you described, how did that come to represent like that specific idea of, you know, the the six, like the $600 Cheeto is is what's holding the door closed, right? It's kind of like a commentary on the whole stimulus situation, but like, how did that evolve to become something that you you see it and you just you, you, you get the joke without it needing to be explained to you.
0: I actually don't know. I mean, I I actually, I wonder probably, maybe you know more than I do, like, like when did memes go from, because I assume there was a niche community around memes at some point that then grew to what it is today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I this is def- this, this podcast, this first season of the podcast is definitely kind of like my amateur take on it, right? And I think there's definitely a lot more research to be done on that topic. But yeah, I mean, like it started off, you know, definitely back on like 4chan, right? With like MS Paint type drawings. And then, you know, to some degree, right? Those the whole like, I can has cheeseburger memes of like lolcats you know, way back when. I think at some point those kind of converged, right? Were like these templates that were used on 4chan to represent like a specific emotion specific situation combined with the idea of you know using you know actual photographs as like the the baseline so to speak
0: it's interesting because i just i just looked up the i mean this is kind of cheating but i looked at the Merriam webster definition and it's an idea behavior style or usage that spreads from person to person within a culture which makes like literally anything that we like anything any sort of shared language or culture become
1: a meme Right, like the idea of like you know even even like the idea of like oh we should all be doing more therapy right to go to your therapy notebooks right like take care of is a, you know, take care of your mental health it kind of becomes a meme even though you don't commonly think of it as that so anyway that that's a, that's a good starting point right memes are basically at least for the purposes of this you know, conversation and, and what you understand it to be is mostly these kind of like sword hand for expressing a larger idea in like an image or some other templatized
0: format. All right, fine. Let's 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 stick with that.
1: All right cool so so the other part right obviously the, the whole this episode is memes and politics and right you know i obviously there's a whole there's a whole discourse about like kind of how the the country is really polarized you know with uh you know different political takes and i think that can also inform a lot of what kinds of memes people come across, right? And, you know, for transparency, right, you know, we both went to, you know, uh, Ivy League University, which is generally considered a little bit more, you know, liberal than than most of the country w- would be, right? I mean, like, I voted for Biden in the election. I'm presuming I'm you did as well. Yeah. That said, that, that definitely is going to bias the memes we have in this discussion. That said, there is definitely... You know, I don't know if, if you've seen, but like the idea of memes being used as a form of propaganda, you know, or memes being used as misinformation, you know, both on the right as well as on the left as well. Correct? Like, what, 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 have you
0: kind of seen on this topic? Yeah. So, a like uh, just to echo what Paul was saying, like I definitely come from a pretty liberal bubble. I see a lot of memes that are Trump bashing or like right wing bashing of like, you know, like, oh, here's some ridiculous thing that some right wing politician and or Trump did and then like just making fun of it. So I feel like a lot of the memes I see tend to be around like, here's a funny thing, or a ridiculous slash potentially absurd thing that someone on the other side of the aisle did, and then makes fun of it. I think like a quintessential example is like the fly on Pence's head, and like how that became a meme. Uh, It's funny, though, right? Because it's like, I mean, if you think about it, like objectively, like if you saw that anywhere else, you'd be like, okay, like a fly just randomly landed on the dude's head. Like, who cares, right? Like, um, well, the politics, it becomes a a, a way to sort of like antagonize the other side, or at least put them down temporarily.
1: It it could be either antagonizing the other side, or it could be rallying, you know, people on quote, unquote, your Right. I guess what I'm saying
0: is I feel like at least in my like, like my media consumption bubble, I mostly see memes being used politically as a way to um, antagonize some other side rather than as a way to empower uh, your followers so we talked about like how
1: memes are kind of like a very succinct way of, of carrying information obviously the one you shared is kind of talking about the, the current the commentary on you know, is six hundred dollars enough to like help americans in like in this particular time of need kind of critiquing that being said like do you think that that memes in and of themselves are able to fully convey all of the nuances of like the conversation or you know maybe that's a little bit of a leading question but like you know is, is are memes able to carry the weight of the, the discourse they're carrying now or or are we getting lazy by just resorting to memes to have that conversation
0: you know it's interesting because i feel like my take on this is related to my take on social media generally which is i don't use social media that often and sometimes i feel a little like embarrassed that i don't use it not because of my friends but because i feel like it can be a potent way to sort of amplify your voice or amplify the voice of others and so I-, I found myself like hesitating to like repost things that i think are pretty interesting or like that align with my views i feel like social media oversimplifies almost everything even things that that I believe in, I'm like, oh, like this is true, but also like me reposting this is like really grossly grossly oversimplifying the sort of truth or reality here. Clearly, my stance right now has been like, hey, I don't personally find it to be authentic to use social media as a way to convey my views, and so therefore, I, I someone naturally think that memes can be they're 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 not unhelpful. Um, entirely, like they're not entirely bad, but I think the double-edged sword of being so succinct and so readily transmittable is like memes are basically the uh, social media version of like sound bites, or or they are sound bites, right? Like they're just they're just like things that can convey a lot of potent information, but like often miss a lot of the overall context and the nuance.
1: Right, that that definitely makes sense, and you know, I, I think memes, especially in like the modern era, are so closely tied to social media that it kind of amplifies a lot of the problems that social media has. Right, like for example, uh, YouTube and social media, the algorithms kind of curating it so that you don't see everyone on your friends list, only those most like you. You know, I I come from an interesting place where I grew up in the south, so I have a lot of friends who are definitely lean a lot more conservative. So you know, I have like a weird mix of like you know, right-wing memes and also liberal memes on my feet to some degree. Granted, I think it, it, because recent, recently I'm here in New York and, I, and I, my college friends were more recent than my high school friends, I see a lo- lot more of the liberal memes, but they definitely are like the conservative memes that come
0: through as well. I guess what's your take? Like it's the same question too is like how do you find, do you find memes to be a helpful way for you to stay like either like politically on top of things or like do you find them to be like a powerful tool Cause you're seeing on both sides, right? Like, like, like do I guess, do you find them to be helpful? I guess, I
1: think for me, I don't really partake in sharing political memes, so to speak. And this is even you know, also to be clear like, this episode is focused on US political memes, right? Like, there was obviously a lot of that are related to international politics, right? Like there's, you know, the whole protest going on in India right now of the, of the farmers. Um, there's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, you're Indian and I'm Filipino. And there's a lot of memes going on, you know, with regard to the current administration in the Philippines. Um, this episode's going to focus mostly on US politics. But that being said, right, like I find memes more useful, at least for me, to kind of get a pulse on like what topics people are interested in. As opposed to actually having legitimate, like legitimate, meaningful conversations. At least for me personally, right? I'll look at a meme and and I see, oh, there are people, a lot of people making memes about the six hundred dollars stimulus. Right? Frankly, sometimes I find out that hey, we got the stimulus passed because people were making memes about the stimulus. I use that as a, as a jumping off point to then go see, okay, what are the common critiques like I, I get an idea of the crease, but let me dig into it myself and find out more about it myself that's how I find it most useful but I know that definitely there are, there are places where it's, memes can dangerously get to the position where they're they're just used as the discourse themselves I don't think that's useful
0: yeah it's funny it's almost it's almost like memes become your like the modern day or like even more efficient version of like a newspaper headlines
1: because I think that's enough like kind of preamble discussion why don't we go ahead and, and hop into actually talking about uh some of the memes of uh 2020 uh, we'll go ahead and start off with some democratic primary meme were you aware of, of these can you describe some of the stuff that you're seeing on screen
0: marcel okay bloomberg that's crazy yeah,
1: So go ahead go ahead and go ahead and, and, and describe for the listeners what you what you're reading sorry um, it's
0: it's it's mike bloomberg dming is this the the fuck jerry account yeah it is wow being like hey my granddaughter showed me this account your memes are humor are very humorous can you post a meme that lets everyone know i'm a cool candidate what did you have in mind and then bloomberg like sends an example of him and like some vests and shorts and being with with the title when you're when you're the cool candidate. Oof, that will cost like a billion dollars. And then Bloomberg responds, "What's your Venmo? Is this is this policies? These, are these real?"
1: Yeah. So well, first off, can you explain for the listeners who might not know who fuck Jarius?
0: Well, Fuck Jerry is just like a really popular Instagram account, like that posts a lot of memes.
1: Yeah, so this actually is an actual uh, sponsored ad on the Fuck Jerry Instagram account wow. by, from the Bloomberg campaign, right? So, you know, obviously Bloomberg was one of the candidates for the Democratic primary who entered somewhat late. From fe- on February twelfth, twenty one popular Instagram accounts, including Fuck Jerry, posted images of fake conversations with Bloomberg, you know, asking to do sponsored content and the accounts mocking the proposal. But those were in and of themselves. The so you know this kind of is as as far as i can tell the first huh. instance of a campaign specifically going to meme content creators as a form of sponsored content for their campaign what's your take on on the fact that politicians are, are now using meme accounts as their you know uh, sponsored campaign ads
0: it's not actually that surprising it's just kind of funny like <laughs> these actual posts that you're showing me are pretty funny i guess my take is that it, it's effectively inevitable right like like politicians are gonna go wherever people are because that's just the nature of it and so to me it's inevitable i guess like on the spectrum of good or bad bad or not, like, I don't know, like, it's hard to say, I think it puts a lot of responsibility in the hands of these, like, really popular meme accounts to be like, what are we comfortable, like, what are the policies that they're going to implement in terms of like, who can buy ads, who cannot buy ads, etc. Right? Like, they're not exactly Facebook in terms of in terms of like an ad platform, but like, they are like promoting, you know, views through whatever they do.
1: To that point, right, like Facebook, actually, you know, I think, as a result of this had to clarify, their policies around, like, sponsored content and political advertising. Because obviously, you know, Mm. after the last election, Facebook was got under a lot of scrutiny for, you know, enabling misinformation to be spread. And, you know, to this day, Facebook still gets, you know, criticism from the right that like, hey, you guys are censoring, you know, right-wing, you know, content. And their whole moderation policy is, I think, going to constantly be challenged as a result of, of stuff like this. Do you feel this is too much like, I don't know, Black Mirror politicians weaponizing memes as, like, political campaigns? Well, it kind of
0: goes back to our conversation just a few minutes ago about like, what is a meme? But if you think about it, I guess like, hey, it is weird. I'm not saying it's not weird. Or I'm not saying it's a little, it's not scary. But then if you think about how politics have followed the evolution of media and language, even logos or symbols and, and whatnot, like, you know, the, those are all memes. So I feel like there's been a historic exploitation of like, as soon as we figure out a new, more efficient way of communicating or a new play, new way that people are doing something, like politics will never get involved. It worries me just as much as my comment earlier of, of just like, Memes worry me sometimes because yes, we're getting more efficient perhaps at how we communicate information just as like New York Times headlines, like through through app notifications, probably made things more efficient or Twitter made things more efficient, etc. Right. And so we're getting more and more efficient. But then the question is like, how much are we losing in the context? And that's the same reason that this worries me because sponsored ads like make a lot of sense. They're inevitable. And sponsored content here is also inevitable. But it's also just scary because Like people will just like, you know, they kind of tend to just believe whatever's posted by whatever account without really taking stock of like what's true.
1: Right. Well, to, to that point, though, right, you know, so these first three examples I have here are, you know, the official ad for Mike Bloomberg and, and the sponsored ads. But in this one here, you know, the Gravel Institute, can you kind of read this one out? This is a parody of the
0: Bloomberg ad. It goes, it's Mike Bloomberg messaging, hello, Gravel Institute, can you post some viral content to show off how ironic and hit my campaign is? And then Gravel Institute, I guess, responds, hey, what did you have in mind? And then Mike Bloomberg says, in 2015, I said on tape that we needed to, quote, unquote, put a lot of cops in minority neighborhoods, because that's where, quote, unquote, all the Crime is. My racist policies brought misery and abuse to tens of thousands of innocent people in terrorized communities. Yeah, it's actually, that's a brilliant retaliatory ad.
1: So that's just like a parody, some like kind of parodying the fact that like Mike Bloomberg is going to these creators for this, right? So in, in that sense, right? Like, yeah, what your earlier point is that, yeah, there's context kind of missing from the official political ads, but then memers can come in and kind of add that context with their own parodies uh, and kind of like that whole evolution, right? Like we start, the idea of a meme is an idea that spreads. Bloomberg started this idea of like, oh, I'm going to use, you know, content creators to make memes. And then that kind of evolved on its own outside of his control to these parodies kind of like poking Criti- criticism at his like past campaigns, almost right.
0: Right, I guess. But so what's tricky about this? I, I agree. There's context that's being added here, but what's tricky to me is memes become relatively black and white. Because they're because they're so concise, it's kind of hard to be nuanced because like a nuanced meme is not going to get that much attention, right? Like it's not funny. It's not interesting. It's not like a soundbite. And so even this is like great. There is more context here, but also like it's black and white in the sense that it's either good or bad.
1: I think the interesting part, is, you can kind of think of it almost as like, like, have you ever done those pictures where it's like, you know, or seen those paintings where it's like just a series of dots, right? And the dots are arranged like in a certain sequence, certain color, certain density. To create an image, an individual meme by itself is like a single dot, and I think, for me, right, taking all the memes in context together can add more context, even if the individual dot by itself maybe doesn't.
0: I really like here. I really like the analogy you painted of like, hey, if each of these are dots and it draws a bigger picture. Obviously, the thing there then that matters for as individuals is for us to like go seek out all those those dots to make sure you're getting somewhat of the bigger of the bigger picture
1: right is it a matter of like you know do you just see the one corner of all the memes that kind of like are the same to you or yeah, the whole landscape. So hopefully this is slightly a little bit less scary to think about. Is the next meme. Uh, so can you read uh, the first one up on here?
0: <laughs> Bernie. Um, it, it's a Bernie, These are all Bernie Sanders memes. The first one is, is because I assume these are from his ads where he goes, I'm once again asking you for your financial support. So that's what that's what each of these are. And the headline on the first one is, Show me to my parents after spending <laughs> another month's rent on weed and EDM festivals. Um, and it's, it's Bernie Sanders with, with, I'm once again asking for your financial support. That's amazing. So this is in
1: contrast to Mike Bloomberg, who, you know, he paid people for the memes. This started off completely organically. Of course, you know, Bernie, you know, politicians are asking for support in, you know, the, the Democratic primaries. So, you know, he said in a campaign video, actually, about a year ago, right? So like end of December 2019, um, I am once again asking for your financial support. And then it's kind of evolved from there. Where people just kind of like took that screen grab of Bernie, who is by all accounts, like a fairly popular politician, at least on the left. To it's kind of used as, as you said, like a sword hand, not even related to politics, right? There's this one up here if you want to read this one.
0: Girl from high school who is advertising her pyramid scheme on Facebook. I'm once again asking for financial support. That's that's good. Yeah,
1: you know, this is, I guess, another example of, of of politicians getting memes made about them, but this time it's kind of a more, much more organic. So, what do you see the contrast between, I guess, you know, the way Bernie, Bernie, and and Bloomberg, you know, the, the evolution of these two memes? If you want to contrast them.
0: Just like this just feels humorous, right? Like a a sort of natural humorous memes. Whereas the other ones feel like very sort of deliberate in their in their in their desire to sort of like sway people in one direction or the other. These again, hard to say, like whether something is truly harmless or not, but these, these tend to feel like just more harmless fun, right? Like I, I could laugh at this, or hopefully I could laugh at this, irrespective of whether I'm a Bernie supporter or, or a Trump supporter. I think these are even the YouTubers with Patreon one, there's like nobody, even then nothing and then YouTubers with Patreon, I'm once again asking for of support. Like that's, I think, I think that's just like genuinely funny.
1: Again. The whole idea of a meme is this in this idea of bernie's asking for support let's turn it into something that maybe we can relate to right right right
0: right exactly I wonder what the commentary on these types of memes are. Like, I'm sure some of them are like, oh, that's funny. But I wonder how much of that does devolve into like actual political dialogue.
1: I don't know if there's actually a lot of political commentary on on meme on these kind of like organic memes, so to speak. This, this is the case where, you know, this, this is a meme, I think one of the few memes we'll discuss this episode that actually isn't really about politics. It's more about a political figure and how this one political figure ended up, I guess, partly, I think, I put this one in here because Bernie is like, was a central figure during the primaries, right? That he became kind of collectively in everyone's consciousness for, you know, whether you liked him or disliked him, he was there, right? He lived in your head, you know, rent-free, so to speak. That became part of just a common language as a result of seeing these campaign ads everywhere. Speaking of, you know, there are memes about political figures, right? Maybe digging a little bit into the left and right divide on this case. The first one is a Nancy Pelosi meme.
0: So uh, the meme is of her ripping up, um, trump's speech after the state of the union address for those of you that remember that there's the first one is guy on twitter being like me ripping up the study guide after failing the test the next one is chipotle burritos ripping up my anus and then and then there's this is another good one too when I, when i'm trying to do my budget but the numbers aren't working out. Uh, yeah, these are good. The ones that you've
1: described, you know, are pretty, you know, apolitical, right? They're basically focused on the general sentiment of something I don't like or something that's getting essentially ripped up or torn up. That's basically a core meme, right, that that kind of arose. Now, that said, it's interesting to see the different perception of the same event, right? So there's this tweet from, you know, Scott Dwerking at Funder on Twitter. Uh, Speaker Pelosi has done more good for the world in eight seconds from a rip and a clap than Trump has done overall his entire life. Hashtag Nancy Pelosi rocks. So, you know, that's definitely kind of like the left Uh, perspective on this event. And then, you know, we have at Desert 2 daddy uh, Brian Oxley, uh, saying, you know, on the same day, February 5th, in my 50 years on Earth, I have never seen such disrespect for the American people as he watched At Speaker Pelosi act like a child through her terrible twos. The At Senate Dems are a disgrace to the American people and getting a paycheck for doing nothing. Hashtag Nancy Pelosi is a disgrace. Uh, There's also another, you know, in the interest of fairness, I got a right-wing meme of this event, um, which Nancy Pelosi Saying, essentially, you know, ripping up the paper with the with the commentary. Sorry, I just thought it was a con- copy of the Constitution. So, what do you take it? This is kind of like the first example we've come across of. The same event being seen through two different political lenses. Like, what's your take, I, I guess, on this discrepancy? I by no means any sort of political
0: expert, right? Like, all, all the all the sort of thoughts I'm sharing here are like... Right, yeah,
1: we're all, we're all amateurs here.
0: Yeah, we're all amateurs, yeah. But one of the, the books I did read is Ezra Klein's Why We're Polarized. And I should, again, caveat that with Ezra Klein tends to be fairly liberal-leaning. And one of the things he talks about is that, like, everything we do becomes stacked on our political identities, or, like, increasingly so right? Like, like, literally, like, things that used to not be Democrat or Republican now are, right? And so, like, our identities become more and more stacked until, like, you know, even, like, the even if you go to, like, if you're vegetarian, you're immediately labeled as, like, a Democrat, liberal, blah, 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 right? Like, and and so that's the first thought that comes to my my mind here as you show me this is, like, it's literally the same event, and, like, both are valid interpretations. Like, I don't think they're invalid. Obviously, I lean in one direction more than the other, but this is where it just becomes dangerous. Because if I'm not like you, and I'm only looking at the memes from my little surface area of the internet, then I'm only going to really get that one that one perspective.
1: Okay, question. If you're if you're from a liberal perspective, right? And you see this meme of Nancy Pelosi, somehow it breaks the algorithm and gets onto your feed. Do you understand this meme then? Or like, what's your take on this meme then from a different political perspective as you?
0: Oh, yeah, I mean, I understand the meme. Like, I think I think I understand it as like, a oh, like, hey, the Speaker of the House should not be ripping up the president's speech. It's like a disrespectful thing to do. I'm sure that if a Republican Speaker of the House had ripped up like uh, president obama's speech i'm sure that i would like totally align with this interpretation right i'd be like oh my god i can't believe that like that like a politician would do that on national news and i like, disrespect the president yeah i fully get it but obviously my political views prevent me from like empathizing with that perspective necessarily
1: interesting phenomenon i guess is the best word for it right where it's like you see the same meme and then you know you basically interpret the same you interpret interpreted through memes in different ways. And then, you know, even those memes, right, which you can on a logical level kind of, oh, I understand what they're saying in the meme. So in that sense, the meme is able to convey the emotions that the creator of the meme obviously wanted to share. But then ends up like you know your reaction to that meme is in and of itself also different.
0: Totally, and I feel like the memes that take off, the memes that take off are actually fairly clear, meaning like they convey meaning relatively well. Like the logic is pretty sound. So at least for me, and maybe it's not true for everybody, but but like I feel like I generally understand what a meme is saying. I get the point it is conveying. So even quote unquote conservative memes, like I'll get what they're trying to say. Though I may not necessarily agree with it,
1: you know another example, right? Is you know so we had the uh, new Supreme Court Justice Amy Cohen Barrett, and during the nomination hearings, right, there were a, there was a, an instance when you know she was asked to hold up uh, her notes, you know, by one of the Republican Congress. The point of that was just kind of silly. She didn't have any notes. right? It was like a blank notepad. Uh, of course, as is the case with the internet, if you ever have a picture of someone holding up a blank piece of paper.
0: Uh, it ends up becoming exploitable for a ton of different things. So, so can you read a couple of these memes? Uh, the first one is: I know that so it's a Democrat senator brings up a court case, and then Judge Amy <laughs> Judge ACB goes: I know the cases are the cases you are bringing up better than you do. Um, <laughs> as the response on the blank sheet of paper, I'll do another one. It's October, so here's your annual reminder. raisins aren't candy. Um, that's good. And this uh, one over here. Oh, oh God, it's her, her peeing on abortion rights. Um, or sorry, an image of someone being on abortion rights.
1: The one about, you know, I know cases you're bring up better than you do is, is a right-wing meme. Where she's really smart, right? She doesn't need the notes that, that you're trying to bring up there. The other one, she's like a delinquent kid in class kind of like doodling on her notes instead of taking it seriously. And then, and of course, there's the universal one where it's like, it's October. Here's your annual reminder: raisins aren't candy, basically. Um, and of course, there's always the uh, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer meme, which is you know uh, an endless, endless source of fun poking fun at, at Ted Cruz. Next up, we have you know the, the the Pence fly meme. So this is an interesting one where you know I think I talked about this on a previous episode, but uh, this one isn't so much a meme in that the Pence fly isn't like a meme in and of itself. Rather, the event was memed about, right? So that's like an interesting, that's another interesting thing, right? It was like there's a difference between memes that are the image that is used over and over again, such as the Nancy Pelosi or the Bernie Sanders or the Amy Cohen Barrett. And then there are the things that are not themselves a template, but then get templates made about them. Uh, so can you you
0: know, just read some of the memes that you see on here, basically, or, joke, or, or jokes, I guess. <laughs> uh, so they're all, yeah, they're all the image, of, or for most of them, sorry, are the image of, of the, the fly on Mike Pence's head. The first one goes. Mike Pence celebrates Bring Your Pet to Work Day. Or oh, another one's a T-shirt with "Pretty Fly" for a white guy. The Biden one is interesting. I didn't realize he. I didn't realize he ran that. The Bi- the Bi- Biden campaign ran pitch in five dollars to help this campaign fly.
1: That was so fast. That was like the evening, or like within the hour of the debate. They already had that tweet up, basically, of him like wow. with, a, with a fly swatter. Um, and there was like merch so you could buy a fly swatter on the Biden website. Um, yeah, I like, I particularly like this one, which is from at Seinfeld. Twitter. 2000, uh, which is a zoomed in picture where it's actually bury the bee from the bee. Oh, bee that's and amazing! Yeah, I mean, this is just one where I think this is a, is almost like a a shared collective event, right? Like there's this Leo, like you know Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the, that meme of him pointing at the TV all of America when the fly landed on Mike Pence's hair. Um, everyone's like, "Wait, there's a fly on his hair!" You know. All intents and purposes, I don't really remember the 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 actual content of the vice presidential debate that happened. I do remember the fly though, the fly, and right. I think that's what that's that. Be most people, Like, I don't remember what what the
0: zingers were. It was all about the fly. Not, not to sidetrack us from from the other things here, but then like honestly, as we're talking, it makes me and not pessimistic necessarily, but like this type of stuff is concerning because it's true. Like you're the observation you made is right, which is like I feel like I heard way more about the fly than about the substance of the vice presidential campaign. Right, like my 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 feet was blowing up with like the the fly. I, don't know. I mean, it's kind of like it, it is unfortunate a little bit, right? Like not to say that we can't laugh about or, or talk about that. Arguably, it also creates more of a profile for the vice presidential campaign, like the debates, like maybe like more people even knew about the debate as a result of the meme flying around, uh,
1: flying around. I mean, there, there's a question, right? Like, obviously, this is came as because obviously, since this year of all years, everyone is just so invested in politics that, you know, this became kind of like a shared collective event, right? Where everyone on TV saw this. And yeah. what do you think it says about us that... Our first reaction was literally to make memes about it.
0: Well, I think I think one of the things it says about humanity, and and this is not a bad thing necessarily, but like like I think we use comedy as as a way to both make sense of the world and also cope with the world. Being funny is just like is a thing that like helps us process or deal with or not get so upset about. Right? Like if we didn't have comedy as as a release outlet, I, I think that like life would potentially be a lot harder. So I think it says that that's the first thing it says. The second thing it says I think is that like I don't know I think that like we as humans and this is true right like we're we're we probably have less and less of the muscle collectively for the delayed gratification of like let me fully read a book or let me fully read it even an art a long form article at this point right and it's so much easier to just like get the dopamine of like flipping through my news feed um uh, through my instagram feed and like looking at looking
1: at these memes or making a meme and then getting all of the upvotes or like the like yeah exactly getting
0: exactly right like it no longer becomes like hey am i like people aren't measuring hey am i like educating people about what happened in the debate they're measuring like did i make people laugh again it's not bad but also did i like get a t- crap ton of likes on my on my post
1: yeah definitely like i've definitely been guilty of like bragging about a meme i've posted somewhere that got super super popular yeah, which is totally like, I I don't
0: think it's a bad thing, right? Like, it's no worse than like, a journalist being like, Oh, my God, my article got that many views. Like, it's not it's not that much worse. But I do think that there's a little bit of like, ideally, the person who wrote the book or the article, like, conveyed a little more fidelity than the person who made a meme about the fly.
1: And I think to your point, where, where it's like, it's a common reaction to everyone to kind of quote, unquote, cope with all of this is interesting, because like, this event kind of added a new, le- like, almost like a new vocabulary word to our online lexicon of how to communicate with each other, right? If memes are a language by which to communicate, this is added to that vocabulary
0: i think what i i you know i wonder if like like that what i was talking about earlier of like of like hey how we're becoming more polarized right like if you think about memes as an accelerant of dialogue almost memes are actually accelerating the rate at which we're assuming and sharing information and if that's the case and if our information is being siloed by like political views then inevitably memes and, and it's not to blame memes, but it's the, just the advent of them means that like we're actually increasing the rate at which we're polarizing the country
1: you bring up a really great point like this kind of changes the way we're communicating with each other so there's a whole category of memes I have about online discourse first one is you know the this is a very Twitter specific thing Um, it's the this you template this guy Zach originally tweeted basically saying hey how's this dude got more girls than me and just talking about some dude basically and then this girl you know at big moist ed basically responds saying this you if so why it's basically dms of zach presumably to this person you know of his kind of weird dms basically and give us a couple other examples
0: well there's a, yeah i guess another one so it's it's there's a what's t twitter account which that started by saying why do men not like to vent what's so wrong with saying how you feel and then someone someone posts a response to what's tea and says ain't this you and it's And what's T, the account saying, telling him it's okay to vent so you can use his lows against him in the next argument is greater than sign, aka greater than everything else. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, this is like, this is clearly calling out all of these. I actually haven't seen, I admittedly actually haven't seen these, this you. um, It's interesting because it's like calling out hypocrisy through, through the sort of like, quote unquote, this you meme.
1: Yeah, it's, it's almost about like accountability, right? So for example, right, like. Uh, there's this one I'll, I'll read a couple of these. It even goes to like celebrities right so the NFL you know posted presumably on May 30th something about you know uh, supporting their 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 black players and and, and against police brutality and all that and then at Jazz Marie responded with the headline from NFL will find teams if they don't stand for the national anthem so you know the whole Colin Kaepernick protest over you know standing during the national anthem you know this is one from you know Mark Wahlberg you know in response to the George Floyd murders you know tweeted something of support uh, it's heartbreaking. We must work together, et cetera, et cetera. And it kind of brings up the fact that back in 1986, Wahlberg was accused of committing hate crime you know, against black people and later you know, Asian Americans as well. So it's kind of like accountability of these celebrities who are like outpouring support for so-and-so, right? This whole idea of accountability, of hypocrisy of your past self versus your current self. So again, not strictly political, but a lot of it is, can be political. You know, what do you think take on this use of this kind of meme template as as a way of online discourse? So,
0: again, I find social media accountability tricky because like in all of these cases, like we're again, we're using a soundbite against a soundbite. Like and I'm sure you could respond with another soundbite. Like it's only going to create an argument over Twitter that like no one's actually going to win. But like we'll let people sort of uh, get upset about. I'm not saying it's not a useful tool. I don't know. I, 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 I struggle with this form. Of accountability because the usefulness of it is that like hey something like this can spread quickly and like it can then like rally together a group of people sufficiently large to then hold an institution accountable right so like i think the nfl meme is a good example here where like hey like you could actually like get enough people to be like hey like i get what like i get that the nfl is like trying to be more supportive of its, of its players but also nfl needs to like recognize that that they were not particularly kind to their players earlier. And so I think that's like a cool, like it's a cool way of organizing almost. But again, like when I read this, right, like when I'm just scrolling through my feed, I feel like most people are just kind of like, oh, that's crazy. NFL sucks. You know what I mean? Like it becomes like a, becomes like a black and white, like I've labeled it. Like in in, like psychology, there's like this concept of like labeling where like you just end up labeling something as this or that versus like on a spectrum.
1: There's definitely been a lot of conversation this year about cancel culture in general, right? And where like people have committed some misdeed in the past, right? Recently, in one in one very specific example, I i really invested in like the Super Smash Brothers community, and recently you know there was a documentary that that came out, kind of profiling some of the top players, uh, and you know top players when they were frankly, teenagers, right, like, less than 18 years old, or on, like, online forums. And, you know, they they were throwing casually throwing around some words that generally are not exactly professional or esports, right? Because, frankly, that's the way that teenagers talk. But people were kind of critiquing the documentary for kind of bringing up that, oh, like, this person is... A changed person; they've changed since them, but the way they're being portrayed in this documentary isn't exactly fair because it doesn't show the context of their change. Right, and I think that's like one example that that kind of like people change over time, right? And this this kind of like, hey, we want to keep you accountable. Like, at what point does it go too far? Right. On one hand, it's, it's one thing where it's like you know if someone says one thing one day and then literally the next day they counteract it maybe that's the okay use to like be the to bring up the hey this you you literally just said this yesterday you have this this is one of like this 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 politician saying the right and responsible thing to do is to you know uh wear a mask social distance and all that but then literally it's like a picture of the guy not wearing his mask from you know a couple of days ago right so you know that's a, that's another example of at what point does cancel culture go too far not to go in too deep into that conversation because that's been done to death, I think.
0: The key is that like you have to be willing to do both things. You have to be willing to hold someone accountable and also forgive them. And I think that is what's missing, broadly speaking. That's my like that's my like sort of high level synthesis. I think that it's actually not a bad thing to be like, hey, this politician who talks about like wearing a mask is no longer wearing a mask in public um, or is like, going to my local grocery store and like maskless and like that's totally fair to hold 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 that person accountable. But then if that person then says, I'm really sorry, and then like proceeds to actually take steps to rectify that mistake, then we have to be able to say, okay, like, hey, like we're gonna, we're gonna move on and we're gonna forgive you, right? I think about it very similar to, if you think about it at the atomic level, like I think about it very similar to relationship between two people, right? In this case, it's a one-to-many relationship, but like with a one-on-one relationship, if someone deeply, like you want to hold someone accountable for something bad they did in a friendship, for instance, and then if they actually apologize and work on it, then like it's on the other person to like, actually be able to forgive and move on. But I think the dangerous part that we generally encounter is that like, we're not actually ready to forgive people. And that's where it gets tricky. So that's
1: like this me going back to the whole topic of memes, right? Like this meme, so to speak, the this you meme, basically does that first part really well, it doesn't do the second part quite as well.
0: Right? Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't I think I think honestly, it becomes memes can become a really efficient carrier of information, but they can also become a really efficient carrier of like, anger and frustration. And so like, what it becomes is I feel like we channel a lot of anger and frustration through these really efficient memes. Uh, but then there's no like, it's very rare that a meme will also like I very rarely see memes that convey like forgiveness or something more peaceful on the peaceful end of the spectrum.
1: There is a subcategory of memes called wholesome memes. I don't think a lot of political memes are wholesome memes, though.
0: And if I had to guess, I've seen those wholesome wholesome memes, if I had to guess, they have less of a less of a variety factor than the more angry memes.
1: People have a stronger reaction to emotion, like right? negative emotions, to some degree, right? So, uh, so here's, here's one that's a, a, hopefully a little bit less depressing or a little bit a little bit less angry. So, uh,
0: why don't you read some of these memes? If your pillow looks like this, do not worry about Biden's tax plan. And it's like a, a super old used pillow. It looks like. Um, sorry, the one I think is really funny is is the is this like Tupperware one that says, "If your Tupperware looks like this, do not worry about Biden's tax plan." Which is like used Tupperware, a bunch of stains that like never go away. That's exactly what my 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 home in New Jersey is like. If, if you
1: use these as your ba- as your bathroom trash bags, you do not need to worry about Biden's tax plan, which is you know just the old plastic bags from. Which, rest in peace, the plastic grocery bag uh, here in New York. Now it's all paper bags or so bring your own. That being said, yeah, I mean, you know, what do you what do you think about this form of, of online discourse, so to speak?
0: Yeah, this is this one this one's actually particularly interesting because I feel like this is an example of making policy a bit more or significantly more accessible. you're still losing context here a bit. But like in this case, like I think a lot of people would probably walk away being like, okay, yeah, that's me. Like I probably don't need to worry about Biden's tax plan, right? Here, I'm obviously assuming I'm assuming like like sort of the intent is to be informational and not to be political necessarily, like not to be like, oh, let me swing you in one way or the other. Um, but if the intent was truly to be informational, it actually ends up being, I think, quite helpful for people.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah, I mean, the, the whole premise is that you know the proposed Biden tax plan. If I remember, I don't remember all the details, which is probably. Speaks more about me than these memes, uh, but you know, it's basically that you know, above a certain tax bracket, you get tax a higher percentage. But the thing is like I think it was like four hundred thousand dollars, you know, annually or something. You know, everything from four hundred thousand to, you know, to what above that is taxed at a higher rate, but that not your revenue your income below four hundred thousand is not. And the idea here is that if you have like these relatively not as well off living conditions, right? A crappy pillow, stained Tupperware, you know, a stain a dirty microwave, the, the quote unquote titty light basic options for, for furnishing your home, you aren't making the income you need to qualify for the higher tax bracket of the Biden plan, basically, um, which I think is maybe meant to be something from presumably the left, right, kind of commenting to maybe their friends or families on the right who ha- have misinformation about like Biden's tax plan is going to raise my taxes. Well, it's like, well, no, if you don't make more than $400,000 a year, it's not going to do that, right? Do you think this takes away from the nuance of the conversation by kind of reducing it down to like, what do you think the power of this meme is in, in being able to convey that information effectively?
0: I think that there's a tension between accessibility of information and then the sort of like, the actual like effectiveness or the the sort of like the fidelity of it like as you as you make something more and more accessible like headlines or whatever you naturally are abstracting away a lot of the details I think that there's a value in that like hey sometimes if you don't abstract anything if I give you just a, if I give the average person a, a, a detailed research paper they're not going to read it right like they're just gonna be like okay forget this like I don't want to read the research paper but if I give them like an interesting article they're likely that like more people will engage and then if I give them a meme then lots of people will engage but what the challenge becomes is societally hey the memes are increasing the top of the funnel, right? They're like getting more people to engage with an abstraction of the real content. Now the question becomes like, how do we then bring people down the funnel? I think what happens is like, we just leave them there and then don't give them, there's not as much going on after that to be like, okay, now that I've got you, got you the basic message, let me give you like subsequently deeper layers of, of, of knowledge.
1: That'd be the goal, right? Yeah. Right. That'd be the goal. Right. Right. Or even if like, this is the only point of contact, is the Biden tax plan going to affect me meaningfully. And this is the only point of contact you have with that. I think this is a good meme in that I think it makes it personal, right? I think the best memes are personal where you have a personal relationship to what's being said. And I can really relate to, yeah, I mean, like, I'm, you know, kind of still making my way in New York. I still have, like, the crappy, you know, Tupperware and, like, you know, my my wife complains about my my sweat stained pillow to some degree, right? It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, I don't want to throw away my pillow because I don't really make. I'm not rolling enough money to like replace my pillow every year whenever it gets sweaty in the summer. That's that's something I relate to, and I and I get that. That like, oh, if I have the sweaty pillow. That's because I'm not as well financially off, which means that the Biden taxman doesn't affect me. I think that's a good example of a good meme that. Is good because it recontextualizes the complex situation into something that, in language, you are right. Totally, I agree. I agree.
0: I, I think also it actually reminds me of I had a, a stat class I took in college, and like the professor was great, but like the professor would, would describe all the stat concepts in like 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 theoretical terms, and then the TA who was awesome or even better would then would then just describe everything in terms of like numbers number of beers consumed you know it's like a small it's like a small difference in 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 practice but like ends up being a, a big difference in like how much I actually walked away with because I'd, I'd be I'd sit there and be like oh wow like you know I get the beer thing I can visualize that I can relate to that
1: like you said like the the this you right is very emotional I think that the emotional component for memes is in, is crucial, I think, to the virality to some degree. And speaking of something emotional, you know, this is definitely a, a, a tough topic this year. But uh, obviously, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement had its had its moment this year with the killing of George, George Floyd and and so many others. And one of them in particular was uh, Breonna Taylor, right, who was killed in her sleep by by police officers conducting a. a basically a misplanned raid. You know, it kind of turned into a rallying cry where a lot of people were saying, you know, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor, right? And it's not really meant to be a funny meme, but in my mind, this is a meme a meme so to speak that is a representation of what's important to people, right? A, a fight for racial justice or a call to action. And I don't know if you saw this on Instagram like immediately after like there are all of these, you know, screen grabs of like how you can be a better ally, how you can donate to black organizations, what you can do, etc. Right. Um, even like the whole black out your Instagram, you know, and, and say like a black picture or whatever, right? Which we'll we'll touch on in a little bit. But then there's this whole subset of like Brianna Taylor memes where it's like, you know, this one's like good night. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Right? Or TGIF. Thank God it's find the cops who killed Breonna Taylor and arrest them immediately. Or the PC tipping source today. You know what that means? Arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Or, you know. So on one hand, there was a, there was an interesting dichotomy here, and this is almost exclusively within the left, right? So we talked earlier about like there's a dichotomy between the left and the right when it comes to the kind of memes that get shared within the left. On this whole conversation about Breonna Taylor, there's an interesting split, right? On one hand, you have one set of these memes, the ones I just described, basically saying, like, hey, let's take these everyday memes to, like, kind of like a bait and switch, where, like, the punch, the quote unquote punch line is to just keep Breonna Taylor's name in social media so people are constantly talking about her and to maybe apply pressure on the Louisville uh, police department to, you know, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Now, that being said, there's a whole other kind of backlash or response to this where it's like, you know, people are tired, like this one, tired of y'all making her death into memes and quirky tweets, or the meme of a case of Breonna Taylor's death and how widespread it immediately became is simply fucking horrible. A person's lost life isn't your tweet father, you absolute weirdos. At what point does a meme, like, because this is a meme, right? It's a viral thing that an idea that spread, right, and was used in these various formats as quote unquote, the punchline. On one hand, yes, it does the goal of keeping her name in the news, which is frankly what should what we should be doing, right? Um, I'm applying pressure on the police department. On the other hand, turning it into, like you said, that dopamine hit to get like likes and retweets is not a great commodification of her name, right? So, what's your take on like this this meme and this reaction to the
0: meme? I mean, right, like like sort of meme activism, right? Like I feel like I've, I've seen this a lot, especially in the context of Black Lives Matter is is actually quite interesting because like I do think a lot more people become aware of this as a result, right? Like the awareness increases, similar to the point we we're making about the, the sort of last slide of of like memes about like that try to convey some sort of like important fact or information to people. This is different obviously because it, 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 it's not like conveying like literally a fact is conveying um, some form of activism. A cult I right. to action. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, I remember seeing this. I remember being like, this is pretty cool. And that like, it, it raises Breonna Taylor's death to the consciousness of the country over and over and over again for multiple days. But I, I mean, I don't know, I think I think this one's particularly tricky, because I also think that there is a little bit of like, how much are we then almost disrespecting her in the process of, of like using her as a meme?
1: Not going to say plain devil's advocate, right? But, like, for example, right? Like bringing up Trayvon Martin from from a couple of years back, right? And bringing him up uh, again and again. How does, how do those two, differ, right? The fact that one is a meme and one's not a meme, like what's the difference between the two, I guess? And again, also clarification, neither of us are black, right? Neither of us have that kind of relationship with, with this uh, situation, just to make that clear. But I guess what's, so, you know, take take our word with a grain of salt, but what's your perception on this?
0: Because I, I guess for me, like my perception again, is that like, I think intentionality matters, right? If your intentionality is to actually make it a call to action and like your, and you're putting your, your sort of the full weight of your voice behind that. Um, I think that that's, that's, that's great. Or to me, that's great. If your intentionality is like, Oh, everyone else is doing it. I'm also going to do it and sort of be part of the zeitgeist in that current moment. That's where there isn't the sort of intention of respecting her life and what it stood for and what we can, what we can learn and do from it. It ends up being like, I'm just trying to like be, be cool. Be yeah. I'm going to try to be woke because like, that's the cool thing to do. Right. And I think, yeah, I don't know, I think intentionality, especially with calls to action, matter a lot, right? Like, are you calling to action because everyone else is doing it and it's a cool thing to do now? Or are you calling to action because you legitimately believe this is a way to raise
1: awareness? And the hard part about memes, right, doing it through memes, is that online communication in general is already hard. Because, like, a lot of tone and nonverbal stuff. And, like, you can't, like, out of footnote, like, oh, my intent is to do this, right? Like, it's, again, a very efficient way of communicating information but a lot of the granularity and a lot of the subcontext is is lost in that right so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pass judgment one way or the other because that's not my place to do so in this case but just i guess something i noticed like in throughout the year as i was taking notes on like memes i wanted to discuss at the end of the year so obviously that's a lot of conversation that took place over the course of the year and then, of course, the reason there's a lot of politics this year is election day, or in this case, election week. Um, so, you know, I, like you said, I think partly because we wanted to cope with kind of like not knowing the outcome of the election. There's this one tweet from Pat Golden Jan, can y'all even name the three branches of government? And it just kind of went viral. So can you can you just list off some of the responses to this one tweet? Tw- one tweet.
0: Yeah, the question is, can y'all even name the three branches of government? The first response here is Bed Bath & Beyond. Uh, then another response on the corner is gin-tan is laundry, and another one is is uh, Char- is pictures of Charmander, uh, uh, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle. Um, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is definitely, you know, I think definitely light, more lighthearted than that. It's like, you know, kind of trying to relieve the tension, also kind of commenting, I think, on the fact that we all suddenly became experts in the electoral process and, our, and the constitutional system. Government, where like most of us probably, like, I only remember taking, you know, AP US government in in, in high school. So, like, uh, yeah, this is definitely, I think, commenting on that and to lighten, to lighten the tension. Um, another one is the Nevada memes. So, if you want to go ahead and click, you know, this first Twitter link, <laughs> all right, so go ahead and describe for the listeners what you're listening it's, to. It's
0: Nevada Counting Ballots. It's this, it's this, it's this guy, like, you know, it's like basically like doing a super slow song.
1: So, what are the lyrics saying? <laughs>
0: One.
1: Two. It's just counting like super slowly, right? Yeah, they're just counting so slowly. This is hilarious. <laughs> Back and what, what what are some other means that I that, that got to see on Twitter?
0: Uh, um, there's the from Zootopia and the guy tweets, this is the motherfucker counting the votes in Nevada right now. <laughs> there's another tweet that goes, as expected, Nevada walked in <laughs> late with an iced coffee. <laughs> and then there's another one that goes, so we good then? I don't got to turn in my part of the group project, Nevada.
1: Oh, man, that's good. Yeah, so obviously these are commenting on the fact that, you know, after the first night of the election, there were a couple of states, you know, still outstanding. Uh Nevada was being one of them. Obviously, as the week of the election went on, we got very few updates from Nevada. We got a lot from Georgia and Pennsylvania and Michigan and Wisconsin, but seemingly none from from Nevada. So people are like, What are they doing? Why aren't they updating? Right? Because they were one of the key states. Could have swung it either way, you know. I think this you know, reflects our impatience for the very long week and an even longer year. Some other memes, you know. So this one isn't so much a meme. I couldn't find examples of it online, but it's something I've actually noticed a lot more in my online interactions. So stop the count. So obviously, right, like the, the Trump campaign. Had a lot of legal challenges and and whatnot, which have not been going well for them to stop the count and and try to like reverse the the results of the election. But I've kind of seen this absorb in everyday conversation the idea of being like once you're ahead. Actually, I think I did actually find some examples. Um, so yeah, here, here are some examples actually. If you want to take a look at
0: them, <laughs> there's a there's a these um... all responding to Donald Trump's tweet saying stop the count, stop the count. Yeah, yeah. So, so Donald Trump tweets that stop the count, and then I'm looking here at Neary Nevada goes when he starts listing all your Toxic traits during a fight. (laughs) And then right below that, Slytherin's when Dumbledore keeps kept adding to Gryffindor's house points in Philosopher's Stone. That's too good. And then me when the microwave hits one second.
1: (laughs) Yeah, or like me trying to remember how much money I've spent on alcohol, uh, me on my 24th birthday. Uh for any soccer fans, uh the uh, Brazilian. uh, Oh uh, oh my god. Me after Germany scored the third goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely one where I think I've definitely seen this a lot in online conversation where people are like, oh, my God, I'm ahead. Stop the count, basically. You know, another kind of lighthearted one uh, is uh, Steve Cornacki. Um, so, where did you turn for your uh, Alexa night coverage, Varsal?
0: I was on primarily on CNN.
1: Yeah, so I think Steve. Kornacki, Steve uh, MSNBC if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he's their map guy, their, their wall guy. So you know there there's a lot of tweets about uh Steve Kornacki. If you want to read off some of these,
0: yeah, it goes, <laughs> there it goes. I reached that point of election coverage where I feel like me and Steve Kornacki are in some kind of relationship, and I want to spend a cup of coffee taking talking about his day before we get to work. So, and Then another one goes: someone should dump one of those big old schools on of Kitorate on Steve Kornacki's head. Oh man, One like
1: and. And now let's go live and check in on Steve Kornacki and just like him in like a torn up suit and like a huge beard, basically, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this definitely, again, Steve Kornacki is kind of like "quote unquote" America's tart throb, uh, is what I've heard. It's um, so less of a meme himself and more of a meme about people being infatuated with him as a personification of all of us, kind of like being glued to the results of this election. And then, you know, obviously, at the end of the election, Biden wins, and then this meme started to come up. Um, if you want to read off some of these. Oreo
0: cookies are the best. This claim has been disputed by no one. Wow! And then um, uh, Galileo Gal- at Galileo Galilei tweets that Earth revolves around the sun. This claim is is disputed by theology experts. And then one goes, "I have a girlfriend." This claim is disputed by official sources. Oh wow, that's good.
1: Yeah. So obviously, you know, Twitter in uh, after Trump started tweeting, you know, a lot of stuff about you know the Lex and yada yada yada. Twitter, you know, started stepping up and to basically say like, "Hey." there's official sources saying that this is not the case, right? And they did a lot of, they, they started flagging a lot of misinformation online, which is to the credit, a good thing that they, they, they should be doing. People kind of took that though and ran with it when they took the 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 official camera, which I think official sources state this as false and misleading. And they basically used some sort of, I don't know how they did, but they basically got text in their tweets to look like the Twitter text to basically just kind of make fun. I don't know if makes, make fun, but kind of use that as, again, kind of vernacular of how to, to communicate about something. What do you take on like people kind of I don't want to say misappropriating, but kind of taking you know this context and, and this official context and kind of like using it for their own purposes for humor and comedy
0: i mean this particular this particular instance feels generally at least examples you're showing me feel generally harmless or like just funny yeah i don't know these see feel like comic relief in, in for for something that's like obviously super like i'm sure super like anxiety inducing for the country where you're like what the heck is even true anymore right so i yeah i, I tend to think in this particular case it feels like mostly comic relief
1: all right definitely and then you know i think you know the, the last meme we'll talk about is one I think that kind of wraps up about only the political landscape of 2020 pretty well, but kind of 2020 as a whole pretty well. Um, so if you want to go ahead and, uh, and read some of these memes out the
0: tweet that goes guys be like i know quote unquote i know a spot and and then take you to four seasons (laughs) total landscaping oh man and then someone else tweeted um make sure your vaccine is from pfizer and not from pfizer landscaping oh man that's so good
1: yeah and this is one that's a photoshop picture you know it's rudy giuliani has arrived for his pressure at the ritz um presumably the Ritz hotel but it's actually him in front of a bunch of rich crackers this one you know even is like good afternoon federation dignitaries i'd like you to rent to welcome you all to the Enterprise. We're a car parking lot. We're supposed to breath. Damn you, Ensign Cluster. Damn you. And it's a, it's a, um, it's a picture of a, of a Star Trek captain in front of an Enterprise uh, parking lot instead of, uh, you know, Enterprise. This one is literally, you can't make this shit up, right? Like, this is something that, you know, you think would come out of like, like this is better than what they would come out with on a like Saturday Night Live, right? Right, right. I mean, like, I mean, this is emblematic of 2020 as a whole. Wouldn't
0: you agree? Totally. Like it just being a shit show?
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh,
0: the, these, were, these were, I mean, again, like, comic. I feel like it just, it's just so freaking funny and, like, hard to make up. Um, I'm sure, again, I don't know what the political commentary was around this, but, like, it's just one of those things where it's just, like, actually really funny. Obviously, it's, like, pure human error, but it's just so funny that that happened.
1: So, you know, I think, uh, you know, just just, just not, not to let this go on for too much longer, but, you know, this has kind of, like, been a walkthrough, you know, Political discourse online and polit- the political events of the year told through memes, Farsal. So, you know, what are your thoughts on again, kind of after having seen all this? What are your thoughts on politics and memes mixing overall after having seen all this?
0: I think I think the conversation for me like confirms a bit of like, hey, it's ine- it's it's inevitable, right? Like, hey, what role should politics play in memes, right? Like that question,
1: or memes play politics,
0: right? Or memes play politics, yeah, exactly. And and I think and I think like I think we can theorize about all we want, but I think the reality is like, hey, because memes have become such a potent popular form of communication, like naturally political discourse is going to happen through memes that it just this conversation for sure confirms that for me, which is like whichever angle you want to look at it from, right, like we've got a bunch of angles, like that's inevitable. I think the thing that's interesting is like, or to me, most concerning, but also most interesting and a challenge for us to, co- to overcome collectively is how do we prevent memes from reducing political dialogue to even smaller quote-unquote soundbites like how do we prevent them from like from the sort of polarization effect we talked about earlier where we start to just use like these these small dots and miss the bigger picture because memes are so viral they're so easy to spread um but they also lack because they're so abstracted they lack a lot of context um and i think that's the major challenge of like pretty much any new more efficient form of communication which is like how do we convey the whole truth while also taking advantage of the of the virality of a new medium?
1: Right. And, you know, again, there's also the whole stuff about like accountability, right? Like and, and and keeping people, you know, politicians accountable for what they've done and that kind of the whole discourse around that as well. Do you think politicians will need to have skills in how to make memes themselves or or, you know, I mean, we, we saw earlier this year, like AOC played Among Us on Twitch. Uh, with some popular streams, right? So like, will politicians need to get better at utilizing memes? Or will they already be good at utilizing memes? I mean, is this just a function of millennials and Gen Z, you know, candidates getting into office, right? Will, will memes just become like a a part of the the official political, you know, communication at this point?
0: I think so. I, I mean, I, I maybe not a quote unquote official, but I, I do think that like, you kind of have to meet people where they are, right? And so, if like before, it was TV ads, and then it was Facebook ads, and then it was Instagram ads, and now it's memes. And I think, like, I think, I think politicians are are already adapting to that, as you as you showcasing these slides. And so, I think it's happening. I think it'll continue to happen. And I think that like good politicians are going to have to use are going to have to become maybe not them but like at least their teams are going to have to strategically use memes well.
1: Okay, so then I, I guess my last question right. Obviously a lot of these memes kind of come again from a relatively liberal perspective. We again our experiences are, you know, generally within, you know, the urban liberal bubble so to speak. Uh, what would you be curious I guess to hear about from somebody who's not, you know, on the on the political left when it comes to memes and and, and what 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 conversations do you want there to be about how memes either isolate us within our own bubbles, or can or the potential of memes to get across bubbles? Like, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I guess I'd be I'd be really curious, like, what's the power uh, of memes to actually bridge the gap between the right and the left, by which I mean, are there examples of memes where someone on the right has looked at the meme, at a meme like that, and actually legitimately sort of changed or or adjusted their perspective as a result? And if so, what can we learn from that? And then same for even people that are liberal, which is like, hey, if you're liberal, and you saw a conservative, it mean that actually sort of struck a, a, a chord with you? Why did it strike a chord? And then be like, what rose to your consciousness as a result of that? Because I think that like, as with any medium, I think we're we're still probably in the early days. Of it. Um, and so I think the question becomes like, can memes build that fuller picture or the, all those data points that you were referring to? Um, and so it'd be cool to talk to both liberals and conservatives about what are examples of memes that actually changed your mind versus just reinforce what you already believed?
1: Right. Or, you know, even even to that point, right? Like one, one thing that I think, think, thinking about it now, you said, right, like memes are very good at making, at flagging things, right? As either one thing or another thing. And frankly, right, I think that's a parallel to a lot of what our political discourse has been, where you're either a Democrat or a Republican. There's like almost no in between. It's kind of hard for you to have ideals from both. Do you think then that memes being like kind of flagging one or the other is unethical? to allowing for sake that quote unquote middle ground or like people like the common ground people who or voters who like have beliefs in both parties for different things, right? Like, is that even possible to do that with memes then? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think, I think
0: on the surface, I'm like, well, right now, most of the evidence suggests no, but also if memes have the ability to polarize, they might also have the ability to unify with the right, with the right messaging, right? Like right now, we've only really gotten to the point where we're like, oh, we can we know how to create something that's black and white. But maybe there are actually ways in which we can enhance the way we use memes to actually create more color.
1: So we need to get know your meme and like what's like some some political think tank to work together on how to, right. you know, weaponize right. memes to heal the divided country, basically. Right,
0: right. Yeah, and and again, I think that there's something about messages of, of hate and anger do spread a lot more easily, just naturally. So it is not the case that like, it's easy, but I do think that it's possible. Uh, and maybe that's just my optimism. But I do think that like, you know, messages of good or like healing or of solidarity can also be spread. Um, it's just a matter of like actually getting the messaging right, which just takes a bit more effort than than a negative message.
1: Well, with that positive note, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode of uh, Is there anything you want to plug and it, people can give these out to you? Like anything you want to you want to plug, you know, not, I'll give you the floor.
0: Paul, I appreciate you. I appreciate you inviting me. Um, I guess the only context I gave is, is, is again, I'm no expert on memes or politics, but it was a fun conversation. I guess the one thing I could I could shamelessly plug is is so I mentioned at the beginning, I work on I work on a startup called Therapy Notebooks. If any of you are listening and interested, um, check out TherapyNotebooks.com, um, and you can reach me at Varshall, uh, Varshil V A R S H I L at TherapyNotebooks.com. If you have thoughts on it or want to try it out or or just general feedback, I'd I'd love to get I'd love to get your perspective on it
1: just one if memes can be a form of coping with things you you want to include some memes in your uh, notebooks moving forward maybe
0: yeah that's actually you know it's interesting we've been th- we've thought about that as as a as a what if we had a meme account uh as our instagram account as a way to sort of like you know like a coping mechanism and there're actually a lot of like famous like instagram instagram therapists um that like have like meme accounts that are really funny and also somewhat healing um and uh, anyway, yeah. So I think there's a whole interesting world there too. All
1: right. Well, we, we'll keep on. We'll keep an eye out for the therapy notebook version two with all of the memes involved. So. <laughs> okay. But yeah. All right. Thanks, Varsal. Thanks so much. Of course, dude. Thanks again to our guests for joining us for this episode. And thanks to you for tuning in to the Year in Memes podcast. If you like what you've heard so far, please consider subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, or Google Play, or to my YouTube channel, and make sure that you catch every episode for this year, as well as, hopefully, for future years. Also, consider leaving us a rating, or simply share it with your friends so that other people can learn about the show. It really helps. The Year in Memes podcast is a Ninja Boy Media production. Until then, happy meming.
0: Somebody once tell me His name is John Cena!
1: Do you know the way?
0: It's over 9,000!
1: It's a double rainbow all the way. God, he bit me.
0: Damn! Daniel! Hello there. General Kenobi! You are already dead. Hey, you. are finally awake.
1: So, has your kids, has your wife. I'm a fire in the labor! Super hot fire. I spit that. Ah! So, just do it!
0: Ah!